Welcome to Relatable Rhetoric Podcast, where we focus on finding our strides, even with introductions. I'm Adrian Robertson, your host. I'm a writer by day, but I'm an inspirer by night. Can I be that? Yes, I want to inspire you. Hey, y'all. Welcome back and happy Monday. I hope that your weekend went well and that your week is even better. Okay. Mondays do not have to be manic. Um, Just as a disclaimer, I'm using a different software to record my podcast this time, this episode anyway. And so um, I might sound a little different and that's okay. I got my notes in front of me for those of you who aren't watching. Yes, I told you I was playing around with some uh, recording vodcast coming. It's funny because the last episode I said vlogcast and I butchered that because it's not a vlog podcast. It's a video podcast. (laughs) Y'all, come on. I'm showing my age. Forgive me. No. (laughs) Um, It's a vodcast. And so this is me venturing out into that. And so I may or may not put this up depending on how I feel about the final product, but I'm definitely testing this. So it may be available for you to watch. It may not. It is definitely available for you to listen, as you know, because you've tuned in. So welcome back. I'm happy to actually see you and uh, I'm glad you tuned in. All right. So I have my notes in front of me. I have my water here. So if you hear me shuffling, drinking, whatever I need to do, that is why. And this week's topic, y'all, is one that has sat, I've had to sit on this. You know how you have to like digest something, process something, register something for a while? That is this topic for me because it is not something I have done and come over. (laughs) I'm still dealing with this one. I'm still learning how to do this one. And I'm still getting better at it. Like I, I, I wouldn't say I've overcome yet. I am still coming over. And the topic is detaching. Okay. I know you've heard about this topic before. If you listen to podcasts, if you're a reader, if you're on social media, if you're into quotes and inspiration, honey, in 2022, I'm pretty sure you've heard about detaching before me. And everyone has kind of, you know, it's the same gist, but everybody has a different spin on it. And guess what? I got a spin too. (laughs) I got a spin, sis. You already know I got a a spin. And so I want to briefly talk about just, you know, what it is. Um, But you're really smart and you probably already know. So I'm not going to spend too much time there. What I do want to do is talk about my spin that I'm putting on there. (laughs) Um, which is, uh, let's see how many do I have six ways, um, that you can detach in a different way from maybe you've, what you've heard. So, um, these are some more unconventional ways of detaching, or maybe just deeper ways of detaching that, um, maybe you hadn't considered. All right. And then, you know, there, we have the segment at the end that is why didn't they tell us? And so we will definitely be doing that this episode. Um, I have new episodes that are called drop-ins or dropping in, which is where I just introduce a concept very quickly, like less than 10 minutes. And so those may be me introducing a book, saying a prayer for you. Okay. I need all the prayer I can get. Okay. Um, 
I might, what else, do some spoken word. And I might just give you an update on my personal life, okay? Because I want y'all to be in this journey and on this journey with me. And I want to be transparent in the ways that make sense for this space, okay? Ain't an open book. (laughs) I think all of us should have some spaces that are sacred and just for us. But a lot of what I talk about on this podcast, I want to be transparent in how it is relevant to me, how um, I've applied them, how I'm learning from them, how I'm using them. And so those updates will kind of be more in that vein or just basic stuff like, hey, I'm using different software, so bear with me. (laughs) It could be any of those things. And so I've already put a few of those drop-ins on there. So if you see that, I just want to give you a heads up that that's what that is. Um, And so on those, I don't do the why didn't they tell us? Because it's the why didn't they tell us is really a compliment to the topic. It's just a fun and light way to kind of end those episodes where we just get to laugh a little bit before we go. And so it doesn't quite make sense to do that for the shorter episodes. Just catching y'all up, y'all, because it's been three seasons of this podcast, like only 30 episodes. My seasons are short, honey. (laughs) But in case you're new here, I'm just catching you up. All right, so let's get into it. Detaching. So detachment in the dictionary, because I love a dictionary definition, is typically, um, okay, basically action or process of detaching. Duh. But in essence, it's separation. It is disengaging and removing something, okay? And so in this sense, since we're talking about personal development, That's what I've been talking about all season three. (laughs) Um, It's, you know, removing something from yourself or your life uh, to leave or separate oneself from, in quotes, to free yourself from. And I love that because I am all about freedom. I'm all about liberation. I'm all about moving with peace and grace and lightly. Like, I'm not about that heavy life, y'all. And I don't want y'all to be either because... Life is heavy enough. There's enough unexpected things to try to weigh us down. We don't need to be trying to weigh ourselves down. And so if you've done therapy, group therapy, master classes, um, or maybe you just, you know, heard from other people who have, detaching is this process of letting go. And really, you could be letting go of anything. I mean, (laughs) You could be letting go of a person, obviously. Let's go ahead and speak to the elephant in the room. It could be a a significant other, a boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, girlfriend, shoot, a spouse. It could be a a partner, what have you. Um, But then it could also be, you know, letting go of fear and letting go of anxiety. Oh, my goodness. That is such a big one. Uh, Letting go of your own inhibitions, right? And... You know, I have, as I mentioned before, some some things that I want to introduce to you to let go of. Okay, um, I don't. I typically like my episodes to be about thirty minutes, so I don't want to spend too much time ruminating on the same things. Um, so I'm going to keep pressing forward. And so, even though you may have heard about, you know, detaching from a person, detaching from fears and inhibitions, detaching um, from uh, drama, toxic people. Okay. These are things, common things we've heard. I have a few that I wonder if you've heard or if you've considered. 
All right, looking at my notes, guys. Let me take a sip before I jump in. Yes, one of the common ones is releasing difficult situations and people. I mentioned that already. That's just a, another way of putting it. So let's take it a step farther. The grammarian in me is like, is it a step farther or a step further? I think it's a step farther. But <laughs> that is neither here nor there. <laughs> Can y'all tell that I write for a living? Anywho, <laughs> have you considered detaching from mindsets? Now, as lofty as that might sound, you're like, all right, we've talked about that. I want to encourage and challenge you to think about your mindset. It's so weird, right? Like think about what I'm thinking. <laughs> but yes, think about the things that you dwell on on a regular basis. What is on your mind when you wake up? What is on your mind at a random moment during the day? What is on your mind when you go to sleep? When you have a moment to yourself, what are you thinking about? I thought about this the other day and what came to me was, what is your default? You know, because we all have a default. Like if you're not busy, if you're daydreaming, if you're not on the phone or talking to somebody, what do you default to? Is that default positive? Is it uplifting? Is it self-critical? Is it shameful? Is it avoidant? You know, is your default to be like television? Is your default Social media, let's get the scrolling, honey. It's quiet, it's too quiet. I need something to think about. If you're uncomfortable in that space of being alone, not lonely, but being alone, what is that saying about your mindset? Okay, so when you think about what you're thinking about, okay, okay, and you think about for the majority of that time that you have to yourself, what your default mindset is. Is that a mindset that is pushing you toward the way you want to live, the way you want to exist, the way you want to be experienced? Because one thing I found for myself is I want to have gratitude and I want to be thankful and I want to be pleasant. You know, when people experience me and spend time with me, I want them to feel uplifted. I want them to feel hopeful. I want them to feel light and fun and, and the vibes to be light and fun. And we laugh and we kiki. And yes, we can talk about difficult topics, but we're not sitting in a negative space for an extended period of time, right? Well, if that's the case, when I am by myself or when I am with myself, okay, in my thoughts, if I'm constantly criticizing myself, downing myself, feeling shameful, complaining within like, oh, I can't wait until oh, this gets on my nerves. Oh, so annoying. Why would I think that when I open my mouth that I am going to say something different from that? And when I do, because we do, right? We, we have our internal dialogue and we can shift. When we do, is that in alignment with who I am inside? Because if not, that is going to create conflict. I'm either going to feel like I'm not being authentic with people or that I can't. Okay, I can't be authentic. I may feel like, well, if I opened up and and really told them how I felt, they would, they would think this about me. Or I might feel like, well, they don't really know me. But whose fault is that, right? Like I am the barrier because 
what I am thinking and who I am in my own head and in my space is not the way that I'm showing up with them. And so how they respond or give and take may not align with with what I feel like I need, but I can't be upset about that because I haven't truly presented myself and my thoughts. And if I'm shameful, come on now, I feel you, Holy Spirit. (laughs) If I'm shameful about opening up about those thoughts, let's examine them. Why? If I know that I don't want to be a person who's complaining and critical, but that's my default, I need to do something about that. I have got to bring in alignment what thoughts I'm currently having that are negative with what I want. And so it it really helps to look at what you're thinking. It's very difficult. You kind of have to step outside of yourself. It's difficult to identify what you're thinking and then course correct it, right? Um, and not in the sense that like it can't be done. When I say it's difficult, it's just because it's you're on autopilot. You know, if you're just going about and doing and 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 talking and living, then sure, you're like I can't. This is just who I am. It's just I can't fix that. Like that's just who I am. No, you have to really push yourself to examine every thought that comes and and the fact that you hold on to it. Why? Why am I so quick to be critical? Why am I so quick to complain? Can I not shift that? Can I not pivot from it and say, you know what? Yeah, my my home is small. I heard this example this week, so I'm not even going to take credit for it. Um, Black Girls Heal podcast, one of my absolute favorite podcasts in the world. <laughs> hey, Sheena, girl, if you was to ever listen, okay? I'm a whole fan. Um, but anyways, so she used this example. But if my home is small and I'm like ready to move, I feel like I'm busting at the seams. Instead of constantly walking through my house and thinking, it's so tight in here. This house don't have what I need. This house is, you know, really just whack. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to think of y'all. I'll be trying to think positive. So when it's time to shift it to negative, it's not as, as natural. But yeah, if I'm walking through my home and I'm just like, oh, see, that's why I got my baskets on the floor because I don't have a laundry room. Oh, I got to put everything in cl- in hall closets and coat closets because I don't have no storage space. Oh, I got to this, that, and the third instead of saying, you know what? God has truly blessed me. I am growing so much that this little home that once was enough, even if it wasn't, y'all go with me, that once was enough, it now is is not. I actually need more room. Or, you know what? I am so grateful um, to have, have had a chance to see the growth God has given to me or see the provision he has made. Um, and then, of course, you know, you might want to look at some stuff you want to purge because I live for purging, honey. Every every season I'm getting rid of things. Um, how can I be a blessing to someone? I, I'm so blessed that now I can be a blessing to someone else. That is, the, the situation hasn't changed. <laughs> My mindset did, right? And what I said about it changed. And what I said about it is what I'm, it's, it's my thoughts, essentially. If you're going, if you're, if you first think it and put it to words, and vice versa, that is that becomes your mindset. Okay. So, you know, take stock. If I am not showing up the way I want, it probably is a reflection of my thoughts. And so while I might be like, how I'm gonna change my mindset, how I'm gonna change my personality, it's huge. No, it's it's one thought at a time. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. 
We ain't about to overhaul. We ain't about to swallow no whole elephant. We ain't about to um, overhaul our lives overnight. But each thought that comes in that just is like, that's actually not how I want to be or how I want to think or how I want to show up. All right, then what is? How can I replace that one thing in that moment and begin to do that more and more? It is as simple as that. And those small incremental steps is what's going to make the big change. So yes, the overall change over time, you look back and you're like, wow, like, yeah, it wasn't difficult in the sense that I had to be consistent, but it was definitely possible. And I did that. (laughs) All right. That was a lot for number one and for me to have six more, but that's all right. We're going to press forward. So detach from expectations of how things should have gone. And the key with this one is it's in the past. Okay. And as much as you may have felt like you could have controlled it, if I had done this, if I had done that, if she had done this, if he had done that, we could sit there and we are losing time constantly, opportunities constantly, one, to be grateful, right? To be thankful for where we are, but two, to even create something new. How are you even putting your energy and your focus into something new when you're constantly replaying what happened in the past? Detach from that, sis. Detach from what was in the past, how you felt like it should have went. Guess what? It didn't go that way. And that's okay. If I could tell y'all right now, I don't have the time because I see it dwindling. If I could tell y'all how I thought my life was going to go, especially come, you know, toward the end of high school and going into college. I Oh, we all have an idea we and a dream, right? This is how it's going to go. I'm going to be on top. <laughs> I'm being silly, but... You know, you you have the grandiose thing and it's linear, right? I'm going from A to B to C to D to E to F. No, we ain't coming back to C. No, I'm just going to keep pressing. No, but that's not how life plans out. That's not how life pans out, okay? And it's for a reason. You know, all of our stories are, are intricate and unique based on what we need and our, you know, resources, our families, the people in our sphere right of influence and what they need right god is placing things in us uh that is not just beneficial to us it's beneficial to those connected to us and so our stories are intricate for that reason so i can't i I don't have time to figure out and think about not figure out but to um dwell on and be frustrated by what i thought it should have been because that is in the past all i can do now is my best in this moment and plan and strategize the best that I can for this moment, in this moment, for the moments to come. That's it. Because guess what? Even how I might, if I I can have a a dream and a goal, but the pathway to get there, I got to be fluid. I don't even know how that's going to go. So I can't get stuck each way, each part of the journey on like, oh no, I was supposed to take a left. It's like if you're in traffic and there's a detour sign and you're like, no, 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 I'm supposed to go here. And they're like, sis, this road is closed. We're doing construction. And you're like, no, but I was supposed to take that right. And they're like, you're, you're still going to get there. And, and we've outlined a detour for you, but um, you can't go this way. Am I ever going to get there? If I'm sitting at the detour, refusing to move forward because I'm frustrated that I can't take that left. How much sense is that making? How much time... How much closer to my destination would I be had I put that time towards taking a detour? All right, that's enough. That's enough examples for now. Number three, (laughs) detach from limited 
thinking, y'all. I know y'all heard about scarcity mindset, right? Versus abundance mindset. And I've been learning about this in all my therapy. Because if you listen to my latest episodes, you know I'm doing personal therapy, group therapy, podcast therapy. No, podcast therapy is not a thing. <laughs> I was just seeing if y'all was listening. But yes, so those two. Um, and, in, and in that, okay, um, I've been learning about scarcity mindset versus abundance mindset. And limited thinking, honey, God gave me a revelation this morning. And I am running out of time. I got to get on a good foot, y'all. Um, <laughs> God downloaded this into my spirit this morning about limited thinking. And it came through the scripture of like, you know, God, you took me from the darkness into his marvelous light. And when you think about light, light, it just, once it illuminates, it crosses the land as far as you can see. You don't see where the light ends. You don't see where the light touches from left to right because it is all encompassing. It surrounds you. It reaches forward. It reaches backward. And so when we have limited thinking, okay, let's use the metaphor of that being the darkness. It is, it is contained and it is based on what we know and it's based on what we see. And God is like, come on, y'all. Y'all know I intro- I introduced God in every episode because he is um, my Lord and Savior. And so take with it what you will. If you are not Christian and if you are, go with me. Even if you're not, go with me, okay? <laughs> um, yeah. And so the, the limited thinking is, I mean, the thinking is limited because it's based on what we know and it's based on what we see. But when you think of, God's vastness being compared to light. I can't quantify how far the light touches and spreads to. It is just that vast. And so when I release my limitations on God, I am now I now have access to everything the light touches. Oh, come on, Jesus. I now have access to things I can't see down the road. I have access to things as far as the east is from the west. I have access to around the corner where the light is shining because he is 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 in control. Okay, let's go to a scripture. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything and everyone in it, right? And so when I release my limitations and trust God, leaning not to my own understanding, but trusting him with all my heart. Now I am handing over the keys to my little bit of, you know, whatever I felt like I could do on my own and receiving access, access to all that he has access to. And so detached sis detach from the limited thinking, anything and everything that you can even think. God actually says you have access to what you, more than what you can ask or think. So when you trust him and you believe, hey, I abundance is mine. Whatever it is that I want, there is more than enough of it for me. Whatever it is that I want, I have access to. Time may 
or may not play a part in that. But guess what? Whether or not I can get it is not a, a question. That will help shift how you move and how you think in your life. Because what, what can I not have? If God said I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and nothing will be impossible, what is all and nothing? All is all. Okay, let me, okay, we're getting into preaching. Move on, move on, sis. Detach from crippling fear. And I know that was one that was mentioned before, so I'm not going to spend too much time on that one. But yes, detach from crippling fear. It's one thing to have fear. We all have it. Okay, that is a very natural feeling and emotion that God equipped every human with for purpose, for reason. Um, But crippling fear says stand still with this fear instead of having the fear and pushing forward. The people who are courageous, they're not without fear. They're moving with the fear and through the fear to get to the other side. That is courage. Courage is not the absence of fear. I don't know why I got off on the courage uh, tangent. But once your fear causes you to stand still and not move and not uh, take steps of faith and doubt to the point where you're stagnant, you're complacent, that becomes a problem. Detach from that. And the only way you can me- you can really overcome fear is movement, is pushing forward. Because eventually as you come over, <laughs> as you overcome that thing, um, it won't be it won't be scary anymore because you'll realize, oh wow, I actually made it through that. And the next time you come up to something similar, you're like, oh, I remember I made it over that. So surely I can make it over this, right? Okay. All right. Number five. We're working forward, y'all. I'm trying, I'm trying to go quickly. I see my time dwindling. Detach. You have heard this one. Detach from what other people think. Detach from what other people think of you. And that's a hard one. I know it's a hard one because I struggle with it. And what I want to say with that is it's not a matter of of will, okay? Waking up and being like, I don't care what people think. That's unrealistic, okay? We are raised by people. We have been in circles with people. We have been in communities with people. We have gone to school with people. We have worked with people who all influence us in some way. And in some way, um, many of them we look up to and we do care what they think. Let's just be real. So how do I live a life that I want to live, even though I might care what someone thinks, or even though I'm trying my best not to care what someone thinks, um, even though I might love them, or I might value their opinion, but I still feel like this is best for me. How do I move forward and and live my life without caring? Okay, because it's hard. (laughs) I'm glad you asked. The best piece of advice that I can add is... Work on your inner self-worth and validating your actions for you and you only. And I truly believe that is going to do the best at counteracting those feelings of people-pleasing. Because the more I can validate myself, the more I know my self-worth, the more I love on me, the more I accept me, the less 
space and room I have for what other people think. Straight up. If I know and I am affirmed within me that buying a blue car, okay, you know my example was coming. <laughs> if I know that buying a blue car is best for me and I have I have sat with it, I have checked it in my spirit, I'm like, I deserve a blue car. I am worth a blue car. I can get a blue car. I can afford a blue car. A blue car is not harmful to me or anyone in my life. I'm going to get a blue car. When I step out, and I buy a blue car, or even if it comes up in conversation and, and someone's like, oh yeah, I heard you was looking for a car. What you gonna get? Oh, I'm gonna get a blue car. When that opinion comes across and they're like, I think you should get red. You can say within you and feel within you that, okay, I might even be interested in why you feel that way and hear you out. However, comma, <laughs> I know that that opinion is just your opinion. And because I value what I have to say and I value what I want and I value the life that I choose to live and know that I am worthy of that and deserving of that so much that I can take that feedback and say, okay, I'm I'm glad you felt comfortable sharing that with me. And I can leave it right there. And I still can walk out and go buy my blue car and be fine and be happy and pleased. I might know that Rhonda, don't ask me why that name came to my head. <laughs> I might know that Rhonda thought I should have a red car and that's fine. But that doesn't matter because Adrian wanted a blue car. And as, as simple of an example as that is, that can apply to anything in your life. And so... The more that you continue to affirm yourself, and I mean actively, I'm not talking about, you know, just a, a random thought of like, yeah, I would like that. Or I, I think I deserve that. Or I, I, I would, I want to do that. Look, every day, making an intention because communication to other people, if it ain't consistent, the relationship falls by the wayside, right? Communicate consistently with yourself. Wake up and look in the mirror and say, Sis, you are worthy of good things. You can have whatever it is that you want simply because you want it. God says that he will give you the desires of your heart. He ain't placed a desire for a blue car in my heart only for me to not be able to get it. If I want it, that's validation enough. Now, that's not to say that some things may happen in our lives that we want something and something else happens or we get something else. There's all types of scenarios, but that doesn't take away from my worth. And that doesn't take away from uh, the type of life that I am choosing to live. That doesn't take away from my love for me just because there may be a, a slight alter in the plan. That doesn't mean I won't ever get a blue car. <laughs> I might get I might get a, a way better blue car. Two years from now, if I got to take a detour, and that's all right. But I don't have to care what somebody else thinks about it. Over time, yes, again, this is, a, you know, these are things that you have to work on over time. It's not overnight that you're going to wake up and not care what people think. But the more you deposit into you and deposit into what you think of yourself and how you speak to yourself and what you believe about yourself, 
the easier it will be to live in your truth unapologetically. All right, this is the last one, y'all, and then we're going to get on to the next segment. Detached, uh, sorry, detach, calm down. Look, I'll be getting riled, y'all. Detach from emotionally charged reactions. Emotionally charged reactions. In other words, learn to control and manage your emotions. Emotions are human, okay? And emotions help guide and steer us, right? In the sense of if something rises in me or triggers me or upsets me or or hurts me, it is an indication of this is something I need to give attention to, right? I need to really unpack this and, and understand why it is that I'm feeling this way. Absolutely nothing wrong with emotions. We should have emotions. Let me just say that because some people can get into this place of suppressing emotions for so long, numbing emotions for so long. Uh, I was one of them. <laughs> um, that you think that that's okay and it's normal and it's not. We actually should operate in the emotional way that we were designed to. However, comma, there is a healthy way of doing that. So yes, we can feel our feelings. We can feel our emotions. If you haven't listened to the episode, go back and listen to Feel Your Feelings from season one. But yes, you have the emotion, you feel it, you sit with it, you figure out you know, what exactly is this emotion? Why am I feeling this emotion? And you use that to guide conversations with the people you love, conversations with yourself, decisions you make, right? The key part of that is sitting with them long enough to understand them. If you react before understanding why you feel a certain way, knowing that emotions are like waves that rush up and and, and recede, right? They don't they don't we don't stay with those emotions. So if you make a react uh you feel an emotion that rushes up on you and you have a reaction and that emotion, you know, recedes and now you're like Actually, I don't think I would have made that decision or I don't think I would have said that or I don't think I would have handled it in that way. It is likely because you made, you had a reaction that was emotionally charged. You don't want to have make uh, decisions in that space. Let the emotion rush up. Feel emotionally charged. That is fine. But give it time. Give yourself time to sit with them, to identify them so that you properly know how to address them. If I don't really know why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling, I can't handle the situation in the best way possible. If you do something to offend me and I don't know that truly I felt um, powerless or I felt like I wasn't being heard or I felt hurt. If I respond to the emotion of anger because this person hurt me, then when I go to communicate, I'm communicating from a place of anger and that's what they're taking away from it. Whatever it is that I'm feeling one anger and then however I communicate that to them. That's so convoluted when really what I want to say is when you say those things, they hurt my feelings and they make me feel like what I have to say doesn't matter. I don't um, 
feel safe. I don't feel like I can be vulnerable with you. And I want to, I want to be vulnerable with you. So can we try to have these conversations in a different way next time? Or would you, you know, I don't know. The scenarios could are endless, right? But getting from point A to point B is a lot easier without the waves, honey. The waves of emotion are constantly flowing back and forth. Let's wait till the tide settles, honey. Let's wait till the tide falls back and then have those conversations and then make those decisions. You are worthy of that. And you're worthy of feeling how you feel. You're worthy of feeling emotionally charged and however you felt. It's likely valid. More times than not, it's valid. They might have ran up on you completely wrong. More than likely, they ran up on you completely wrong. (laughs) Not to say that there aren't times when we feel how we feel and it's, you know, based on something, like it's a miscommunication. It's not necessarily accurate, but you wouldn't really get there unless you gave it time. So those are my six uh, things I think that we should work on detaching from, because I think all the other things um, will be byproducts of that. The more that we detach in these more mental ways and in the ways that affect our self-worth and our self-love, the easier it'll be to detach from the person, honey, because I love me. It'll be easier to detach from toxic situations and complaining and negativity when I know my worth. Okay. All right. So let's go to the segment. Why didn't they tell us? All right. So why didn't they tell us is a fun segment where we basically make light of the topic we just discussed. It's a way for us to end on a good note, uh, have some laughter and kiki moments before we go. All right, so I'm going to give you three of these and then I'm out. (laughs) First one, why didn't they tell us that we were attached to begin with? Okay, this whole idea that it's just who I am. You you attached, okay, because who you are should evolve. (laughs) Who we are can change. Who we are likely does change, especially when you think about age. Who you were at 10 years old is definitely not definitely not who you are at 20 and it's not who you are at 30 and 40 and 50. Okay? So this idea that I have to mold and stick and hold fast to who I am in one given point of my life um it really is flawed thinking and it sets you up for a very attached way of thinking. Instead, and I'm suggesting this to us, okay, preaching to the choir, that we detach, okay? Be okay with detaching. Not that you just constantly are never rooted and grounded and anchored in something, not that. Um, but just know that as I grow, that is okay. And it's actually expected. Detach. <laughs> Number two, why didn't they tell us that we're emotional hoarders? Like, why do we think we just got to hold on to every little emotion we feel, bottle it up until it explodes? That is not how we're designed to operate. When you hold in emotions, you become more susceptible to sickness. Your immune system takes a, a hit because your body is going to try to expel those emotions anyway. They're like, sis, you anxious. So I am going to 
you know, slow or speed up your heart rate or right. Okay. When you feel anxiety, anxiety, you feel it, but anxiety is mental. Like, I don't think anyone, like, I don't think enough of us think about that. Anxiety is mental and it shows up physically. And I think that's why that's one of the things that people are so quick to try to address because they feel it, but all emotions are felt and they're all, they all affect our bodies especially when we do not address them in a mental space. So if I'm feeling a certain way in my mind, it, it's best to deal with it because it's, your body's going to deal with it. And the way your body deal with it is usually not in the healthiest way, okay? It's usually when it's it's too late, right? Like you've been evading this for way too long, sis. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, we need to detach from, oh, I'm sorry. I'm reading the the third one. Sorry. And so when you think about that quote, you know, let it go or let go and let God, it's popular for a reason because all of us struggle with letting go. Let yourself feel the emotions. And that's the best way to let it pass. As I mentioned in the episode, emotions are like waves. They rush up on us and they rush off. What happens is the wave rushes up and we try to grab that thing and hold it for dear life. And we like, oh, I feel this. I feel this. And that's that's not how it's, that's, that's not exactly how you get through it. We wonder why I can't seem to get over this hump. I can't say even to get past this emotion. It's because you refuse to let yourself feel it. When you do that, it can now go on its way. Especially when you take the time to identify what you're feeling and then address it. Now you really, you're like, okay, I have actually less possibility of feeling this emotion on a consistent basis because I've learned how to deal with these things as they come up. I might not even feel that emotion the next time I'm in this situation because I know, I know how to deal with me and I know how to deal with when these things happen. So when A happens and someone says this, usually I get mad. Well, now someone says A and I realize, you know, they're entitled to feel how they feel. I don't get mad. That is a completely different result. So now I am feeling mad and angry less often. But I can't even get to that point if I never accept the fact that I got mad. (laughs) All right, moving on. The third one that we need to detach from, which I almost got into by mistake, is from ourselves. I kind of mentioned that one before about, you know, when I talked about evolving and things, but we get so stuck on old versions of ourselves and who we were, even when we think about what we considered ourselves to be in our best moments, right? So if you think about 20-year-old you and now you're 40, a lot of us will refer to that phrase, I just want to keep back to me. But what what if who you are at 40 is never going to align with who you were at 20? Are you still getting back to you? Should you still get back to you if you're thinking of 20-year-old you? Mm-mm. Let's let's get to, to new me. <laughs> Evolved me, mature me. Instead of I'm just, I just remember at 20, I was happy and carefree and I just want to get to that. Or when I was 20, I loved skating. And now at 40, I, I'm trying to pick, take up skating. Not to say that you shouldn't try to, you know, get back to things that you love, but maybe you love some new things now. Maybe 40-year-old you is like, I just want to sit under a tree with a book. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) But you won't know unless you explore that. If you consistently put yourself in a box of like, I have to be who I thought I was at one point in my life, then you really are 
keeping yourself from growing. All right. And that is really it, guys. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you do get a chance to watch this, because I'm going to, you know, try to put it all together and see how it comes out. If I publish this and you get to see the video, thank you for coming by. Um, I'm excited about where that is going. And if you just tuned in, I'm happy to have you as well. And I hope that you will meet me right back here next time on Relatable Rhetoric.